everybody, peace. Welcome to the Sorry to Bother You show. Wherever or have you are listening, we are so grateful to have you here with us. As you guys know, I'm your host, Kashawn Cottle, and joined today, as usual, by my co-host, Mr. Dre Pennington. Everybody, it's, oh my God, it's so good to see everybody again. It's been so long. Uh, it, it's gonna, I feel like it's going to be a great day. I feel like we have a special guest, Kashawn. How are you feeling about this? Oh, uh, we do. We do have a very special guest, a very special guest, uh, former Olympian, current, current peak performance coach, uh, Mr. David Kasarek. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to be here. <laughs> David, how you feeling, man? Good. I mean, yeah, sunshine's coming out. <laughs> I just told you guys after 10 days of fucking piss rain, it's uh, a little bit of sunshine. Sounds good. Nice, man. Nice. Um, David, for those who don't know who you are, man, why don't you tell us, tell the people a little about you, a little about yourself? Yeah. So I was a swimmer when I was younger and I kind of went through my life on to make it very short, I kind of on autopilot. I wasn't really like aware of what was going on around me and somehow I made it to the Olympics and, <laughs> but very unaware and, and I transitioned into the corporate world and I couldn't recreate the success that I had in swimming. And I, you know, I started to feel like a little bit like a victim because mm. I was, you know, my boss, you know, I, I felt like I was, you know, depending on his mood and how much bonus he gave me. And, and I just kind of felt like a victim. And um, and then somebody came around and he like started to wake me up to how powerful we really are if we, you know, focus on ourselves. And I got into the mindset thing, mindset side of things and since then you know I've, i would that's three years ago and i've been so fascinated with this because uh, when i just look back what's happened in those three years i've been out of banking since and yeah i'm just i'm fascinated how much we can learn and how powerful we really are when we take charge of our lives and that's like the story that i want to share with with athletes and i work with professional athletes now so they don't have to you know make the same mistakes that i did basically right right uh, so David, so what got you into swimming uh, to begin with? Yo, you know the, how they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad was a swimmer, and uh, yeah, I guess he just like took us. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and oh, he just wow. took us to swimming. And uh, we could try other sports as well. But I, I remember I was throwing around the racket in tennis when I lost the match. So. I think they just figured it's safer if we go to the swim pool. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say swimming just came natural to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But, you know, you become what you you become kind of product of your environment, right? When you're a child. I mean, not that I knew it at the time, but it's like, you know, also in school, I took Latin. I mean, mm. like, who the fuck takes Latin these days? But I took it because my mom thought it was good, you know, and I, I hated it, but I still took it. And then, you know, I kind of went on and I studied finance and I, I liked it, but it's not, I chose it because I had no idea what else to do. And my dad said, why don't you do that? And I was like, all right, cool. You know, it, it's not that I really chose it. And that's what I meant. Like when I said I was really unaware and everything was on autopilot, it kind of worked out all right. And I don't have regrets, but I'm just saying I was unaware of what was going on and, and not aware of, you know, that I could choose all the time, but right. yeah. <laughs> right, which kind of makes sense of why you weren't a fan of the corporate world because when you're in that corporate environment, you don't really have a choice of what you want to do. You're kind of given 
an agenda and they say do this do this and that at a certain time and if you don't fit that quota then then you can't fit the bill i guess so yeah there's there's a lot of people that have to make that uh experience right they go and it takes a couple of years you kind of work up the ladder and then then you realize all right i'm not i want something else this isn't for me and uh you know <laughs> for sure for sure yeah, uh, I mean, so, happens. but uh so dave why don't you tell us about your um your professional experience in, in terms of swimming like you know you're, you said you're a former olympian and talk to us about that yeah i mean i was always I feel really, really grateful because I could study and swim at the same time, right? When I was 19, I came over to the States, to the University of Virginia, UVA. Okay. Shout out to UVA. Yeah, that was, you know, amazing four <laughs> years. And, and, and I had a big, big, big mindset shift there because in Switzerland, swimming is, I, I would say, like seen as an individual sport. Because you go, you compete kind of for yourself. You're like part of a club, but you, you know, you get a gold medal or a silver or a bronze. And I came to the States and all of a sudden it was completely different. All of a sudden you only score points for the university team. You, you know, you have 70 people on the team and the coaches and everybody is kind of pulling towards the same direction. Right. And they all have one goal. And I just realized, okay, all right. I'm, I'll tell you a funny story in a second, but I just realized yeah. it cannot be like the team is going there and there's a Swiss guy just kind of like doing his own thing. It just, it, it doesn't work. And that was huge that, you know, the people all of a sudden, they hold you accountable for what you do. And it was really beautiful. And that, that was a switch in my mind. And I, I'm, I'm convinced that's why Americans are so good in sports because, I mean, the mindset around that is just yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So, so with that culture shock, um, like, did it take you a couple years or anything to get through? Or was it just like a mindset that you just had to switch just immediately? <laughs> all right, so that's good. The, 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 the story, what happened? All right, so guys, you have to understand in swimming, you guys in America swim in the 25-yard pool, which is about yeah. 22 meters. We here in Switzerland, we swim in the Olympic pool, which is 50 meters. So it's more than twice as long. And what that means is in America, in college, you have a lot more turns because the pool is shorter. And we swam this hard ass set for 30 minutes, the whole team, right? And it was like hard because you weren't allowed to breathe in and out of the wall. And so I wasn't used to that. And it was 30 minutes of fucking pain. And oh, I hope I can swear. Hi. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was 30 minutes of pain. And I started to cheat because I wasn't used to it. I started breathing in and out of the turns. And then we finished the set. And the coach waited until everybody was done. And then he started shouting he's like karasek came all the way from switzerland and he thinks he's something better than you so you guys are going to repeat the set he's going to get out and watch how america does it <laughs> and i had to get out and I had to watch him do the whole set again and then as you know he was walking past me back and forth while he was watching the swimmers and i was standing and he's called you know he's telling me see that's how you do it you pussy pussy and i felt so bad you know like letting them down and that light bulb really went off and it never happened again and i thought it was beautiful though because people actually care and i just realized okay there's something bigger at work than just me and that was really beautiful and i was quite fast to be honest yeah oh wow i mean kashan you've been overseas like the mentality over there like didn't you also like spot differences in 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 the mindset and all that i was i would say david that the biggest difference between 
uh, America, America and overseas culture is that the coaches overseas are a lot more straightforward. I feel like and more blunt than the uh, than the American coaches here. Like they're the overseas coaches are not afraid to really rip into you, get into you. But that's because over there, as an American, you're held to a higher standard. So they have to they have to hold you accountable, and they have to get into you because they're paying you two times, three times as much as the other players on that team. So they need to get, you know, they're trying to get the most they can out of you. So from my experience, um, I, I was ripped into much more overseas than I was in yeah. college. But I don't know what Dre's experience. Dre, was that the same for you? Uh, my experience here, I'd probably say um, America to overseas. America, I probably had much harder coaches. Overseas, it was like the expectation, like you said, was way higher. So you were, like you said, you were held to a higher standard. So you had to perform, I think, just on the spot. Like there was no time to get, get mm-hmm. like acquainted with everything. Yeah. But that that that's how I noticed it. The American superstars over <laughs> overseas. <laughs> no, but but Dave, so after after that um, situation, how did that affect your 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 performance? Man, it started to take off. I mean, like, look, there were times, there were times when. We had a long Saturday morning practice and we swam like a lot of kilometers, you know, like eight or nine. And I wasn't also wasn't used to that. And towards the end, there were the girls. There were some of the girls that were faster than me towards the end because I was so broken down. I freaking couldn't move my my arms anymore. Yeah. So but, you know, you adjust. And that was a beautiful thing. It was like because if you if you swim in Switzerland at some point, sooner or later, you're going to be like kind of the best in the club or like, you know, the top two in the club. Right. But then you come to the States and all of a sudden you're like kind of in the midfield. And just because of that, that you have people around you that are swimming so fast in training. It's like without even thinking you're adapting and you're kind of being pulled up towards their level. And so, I mean, it was it was just beautiful, you know, like that's why I mean, yeah, God bless America. I loved it there all four years. <laughs> uh, so, so, David, so after... So after college, is that when you kind of got into the Olympic portion of your career, or were you doing the Olympics during your career? Yeah, it was. It was from 2008 to 2012. That was the Olympic cycle. 2008 was Beijing, and 2012 was London. I was in London, and mm-hmm. at that time I was in America. So it was perfect timing. Basically, all four years I was in America, and the end of the collegiate career was was the Olympics for me, and. Uh, yeah, it was perfect. And actually, the coach, my coach, my swim coach, he was the coach of Team USA. So that meant, and we had two swimmers, you know, on the UVA swim team that won Olympic gold. And so that meant he was there in London and with all of us. And we had, you know, we had another girl swim for Lebanon. And so wow. we were all there. It was pretty cool. Nice. Wow. Well, what was that experience like, just being in London during the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, I... I'm always saying like I I almost like kind of threw up and <laughs> before the race because I was really I was really nervous um, because you know there's like all these like there's different call rooms usually you just have one call room but there were like three or four because of TV and they were checking that your clothes were okay and all the superstars were there and it was just a lot and I just kind of try to like calm down and because I've been in not in that situation, but in other important competitions before, and that worked or worked out all right. And I walked out, and it was National Day of Switzerland, August first. That's the Swiss National Day, and I remember I was walking out, and I saw, and you know, there were ten thousand people in the swim pool watching, 
Right. And that is for a swimmer, that's a dream. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, that, that is a dream. It was, there, it was just a very good energy. And I saw my mom and my sister because we got two tickets for the family and they were there with the Swiss flag. And I, you know, I saw them and then I kind of for the race, I blacked out. I don't remember anything about it, but mm. I remember touching and <laughs> seeing the time and I swam a Swiss record on Swiss National Day, a personal best. And, you know, I was really happy. I was 27th, which, you know, my... I mean, could have been better, but I was happy because it was the best time. It was a Swiss national record, and um, yeah, that was good. Seems like almost like the perfect storm, almost with Swiss National Day, uh, the, being the Olympics. Like it could have been, a, it couldn't have been a greater opportunity. It seems like. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I wanted to go another four years because I was so motivated, feeling like so good. I got the tattoo, the Olympic tattoo on my back. And, yeah. but then I got back to Switzerland and the swimming was different than in America. And after, you know, half a year, I was like, fuck this. I can't do it anymore. I'm just not having fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, oh man. Can you imagine going from America where it's all, you know, 70 people on the team and then you go back to Switzerland and, yeah, but then good. again, maybe I was just, you know, not in, not powerful enough in that moment to or i let the circumstances dictate my life again it goes back to how little i knew basically right, right. feeling like mm -hmm. a victim and all that yeah but you said but you touched on one thing david you said that you didn't love it anymore and so that the moment you fall out of love with something man, that's the moment you have to stop right there because it, it's no longer a joy to you it feels like work and so you mm -hmm. you would be doing a disservice to yourself if you were to keep doing that if you truly didn't love it anymore I agree. Life is short. Hey, mm -hmm. thing is, sometimes it's hard to let go because I mean, and as an athlete, you know that, right? You like yeah. th this has been like your life for so long, and then you're think having all kinds of thoughts, like what's mom gonna think, what is dad gonna think, what's the coach gonna think, what's my sister gonna think, what? Yeah. So, because we're so, because especially as athletes, a lot of what we do is based on performance and results. So we're subconsciously used to our results, you know. Uh, are the results giving us approval? You know, it's like how we perform is how people perceive us, you know? So if we perform good, then people are gonna perceive us as good people. But if we don't perform well, people aren't gonna perceive us as good people. So we subconsciously look for approval and validation through that. But we almost break through, like you're saying, David, when we realize that we all we have is all that we need. So once we have that self-worth and that self-awareness, man, we're able to kind of move forward and push through that barrier of knowing that, hey, we don't need the validation from anyone else. If we're secure with ourselves and we can move forward and those that are going to support us, man, are always going to support us no matter what's going on. So how, how do we, so why is there so many, so many athletes that are not aware of that? You know, like, uh, because you hear it again and again, right? Yeah. Uh, Dre, what do you think? Uh, reason why I, I so many athletes that aren't aware of just like the self, the self validation, I would say, um, You've just from kids, think about it from kids. We've always heard of when loss, like you don't want to be labeled as that loser. So you've just been hearing that the whole time when you don't when you don't accomplish something, you don't like don't necessarily fall in love with the process of it. And you're just like you said about the end result. You don't understand yet. So I think it, I think it comes later on with with mindset growth and just uh, I would say just growth as a person. I would say that. Gotcha. So do you think it's more like the teachings that the younger athletes are yeah. having? Oh, definitely. Um, if you're not taught, like, you know, 
don't don't worry about like the game like that like games are gonna like wins and losses are gonna happen regardless but like um just just love the whole just love the whole thing like the the competition of it and everything like that like you're not taught i wasn't taught that until later on until i probably got to college when i really like fell in love with just the whole process of everything that that's my experience with it but can't that but the shifting that mindset does that affect your peak performance what do you guys think yeah i i personally think i mean what dre said is is for me it's it sounds like right on right on the button it's a lot of programming like that was going on at the young age and i'm when i work with my athletes i'm telling them to not identify with the success and not identify with the failure because they are so much more than that like it doesn't affect you as a you know as a spiritual being like you're not better if you if you know how to drive a car are you a better human being not at all it makes no difference if you know how to cook does right. it make you a better human being do you have more value not at all it doesn't matter so uh yeah you know like celebrate and go like celebrate the success if it's going like you know crap go through the emotions learn from it but don't identify with this you're because you're more than your failures and you're more than your successes and you know uh i think perspective in the end of the day yeah yeah no for sure so david why don't you tell us about exactly the work you're doing with your athletes right now yeah man so i mean when you look at the most successful business people and athletes and artists and and parents and all that what what you find is that these people have a big dream and so they have the big dream and then the second thing is that they believe they can have the dream before it has happened like no matter what the circumstances and the current results are and i and and that's what we're doing hi that's what you know when i start working with athletes so i support them in their mental game and because for me you can only be as strong as you believe you can be you can only run as fast as you believe you can run it's all about it starts in the mind everything starts in the mind yeah. and I, I work with them really to extract that big dream. And then again, if somebody, if a tennis player at age 10 is telling me, you know, I also work with kids, I want to win Wimbledon. That may sound like, like a huge dream and it's unlikely that it's going to happen. And it's true. It's unlikely that's going to happen just statistically. Yeah. But you can still have that huge dream and work towards that. And then if you apply what we just talked about, that you don't identify with your success and your failures, then you have a beautiful road to go. But if you don't make it, you're, you know, maybe you end up eighth or maybe you never make it, but you don't identify with it. You're just using it for growth. It's actually a really beautiful thing, I reckon. Right. So the process in terms of teaching that mindset to younger athletes, do you use that same mindset when you're teaching your professional athletes as well? Yeah. Yeah. But you'd be surprised how few of them you know a lot of them think like what's realistic they're thinking along just like in the corporate world they're thinking i want to be like two percent better five percent better and they already see you know if i don't get sick if i have this coach if i get the funding and if i get drafted or whatever then i can do that they already see how it's going to happen but they don't allow themselves to really dream big to have you know michael jordan he had the dream of being the best basketball player before he got all the rings Right. So he could see that Cristiano Ronaldo could see that he he wanted to be the best football player and before it has happened, right? Right. So 
so that's and a lot of people a lot of athletes like even on the highest level they struggle with self-doubt they don't allow themselves to really dream big because they're afraid to you know of whatever it's just programming that we're not programmed to dream big especially in europe i might add here right hmm. so, Go ahead, so would you say that oh, okay my bad um would you say that like some athletes that you work with their their mental mental fitness is kind of fragile in a way and you kind of have to build on build on them or do you have to break down their whole thing and like build it all over again and help them with that man i think you know what what i'm teaching them is basically how to create the sports career that they love and when okay. you but when you think of creation like look what sets us human beings apart from animals is that we we can create our own environment like look around you guys everything that is not grown by mother nature the microphone this water bottle like the headphones those existed as somebody's idea as a thought just a thought a spiritual thought and then with time it moved into physical form you know we can literally create our own environment like the, the phone here steve jobs you know, had an idea to create a freaking smartphone. And then with time, it moved into physical form. Right. And it's the same Michael Jordan, he had a dream to be the best basketball player. And with time, he moved that into physical form. So we can literally create our own economy, our own environment, our own sports career. And that's, you know, that's what I'm teaching them. It's a lot like it has to do with spirituality as well. Because when you study these laws, um, you you find that luck is not there's no luck it's there's no coincidences it's all it's all by law and it's just that those laws aren't taught in school we never we barely ever hear about them law of attraction have you guys heard of the law of attraction yep do you yeah. know what it means yeah it's basically almost almost like manifestation uh, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah exactly Man manifesting your thoughts um because the mind is so powerful yeah exactly and that's really like a, have you ever seen a dog that manifests anything not really right they have the emotions but right. they don't have those higher faculties that we human beings have we have imagination for example and the imagination i mean what is it it's literally the skill to look into the future right because how many times have you imagined something and then a couple of years later it's actual reality right right so what are so what are some manifestation tools or concepts that you teach your athletes them to use yeah man you got to do it every day that's the thing like and that's how i got the business idea i was asking the athletes you know how much of what you do is mental and they say you know 60 percent, 80 percent, 95 percent. and i asked them what do you do every day to study the mind to train the mind and so on and there was a long break <laughs> <laughs> and, and so then you know okay so you can't tell me that it's 80 percent, but you don't do anything you're training to physical exhaustion you sleep a lot you try to eat right you make the social sacrifices but you have no idea how the mind works which is like as we just said the most powerful thing right right and so what what it is it's it's repetition that you write it down with repetition because think about it everything that goes into your subconscious mind you learn through repetition everything that you master you learn through repetition in basketball yep like the the, the shots the dribble move, everything with repetition right right and the mind is exactly the same so what you do is for example you visualize where you want to go using your imagination yep. and you do that every day because with repetition you impress that image up on your subconscious mind and then your subconscious mind will start to create that for you 
Got you. So you're so you're literally visualizing in your thought process what you want to have happen to you. Yeah, exactly. And you try to you try to bring it into the present, right? You try to bring because Einstein even said that if you want to attract something, like the way to attract it, if it's like up there on a higher vibration, is you elevate your vibration on that, and then it's gonna you're gonna attract that. So you're with your thoughts because it hasn't happened yet physically, but with your thoughts, you can already go there. All right, and and your subconscious mind. Maybe you have you guys had that that before a game, maybe the night before when you go to bed, you know it's an important game. All of a sudden, when you imagine it, your heart rate starts to go up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? It's like the subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what's real and what you vividly imagine. So you can literally already, if you imagine it well, you can already go there and you can give that experience to the subconscious mind. Okay. No, I like that. That's, um, I, never heard it, I never heard it explained like that before, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Hey, there's a there's a study done. Are you guys do you guys use visualization in you in your training? Uh, yes. I do as a form of meditation before I go to sleep, but not necessarily uh, in my training. I, I do before games, uh, like how who was it who we had before I guess we had before his name was Terrell. How like how he does it. Um, I visually like see myself doing it in a game and then I try to make make sure I do it on the court. Yeah. Yeah. There. There was a study done in the, I, I quote the study a lot because it was done in a control environment with basketball players. And I don't know the skill though of where they were at, but it was in the late 80s. What they did is they took 60 players and it divided them into three groups, okay, for I think six weeks. One group didn't practice at all and they were only doing the foul shots, only the, the free throws, right? Mm -hmm. One group didn't practice at all. The second group was on the court for an hour a day practicing the free throws and the third group was just at home and they were practicing in their mind for 30 minutes a day now the guys then they came back and they measured again right who was doing best and who was doing worse so the the guys that did worst clearly the guys that didn't practice at all right but where it gets interesting is that the guys who practice at home only in their mind they were better than the guys that were on the court and the question is why well, yeah, why? Because like, well, let's walk through it like together. If you were the guy at home visualizing it, how would you visualize it? Making every shot. Making every shot. Yeah. That's exactly it. While the other guys were on the court and they're like, oh, shit, it's not getting better. Oh, damn it. It didn't go in. Right. The right. other guys make every shot and like a thousand times. And then by the time they got there and they test it, they, you know, they, they interviewed the guys also. They said they felt so comfortable because they have experience in making again and again and again. So, yeah, you know, that was the study. And I think I also have a billiards player and he couldn't train during lockdown. He said mm. he came back, he was visualizing for freaking three hours a day. Can you imagine? Kind of oh, crazy. Yeah. And he came back, he said he was statistically better than before. You know, like he measures that stuff. It's a lot about measuring it. Yeah. And he was better after a couple of months. So, wow. No, yeah. <laughs> I like that's that. the power. Yeah. So did you did you know about manifestation and how powerful your mind could be during your uh, professional career, David? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I wish I did. <laughs> I have no clue. That's what I'm saying. Like this is, you know, some mistakes we all have to make, right? We have to touch something or with, I don't know, with girls and uh, there's things we have to 
make mistakes we have to make ourselves. But there's a lot of things that I think when we have an experience and we kind of have an insight, a big insight, is something that we can inspire the next generation, the younger generation that, you know, they can say, ah, okay, let me think about that. You know, let me see what he has created since then and, and be inspired by that and not make the same mistakes, I guess, and be more aware of what's going on. Exactly, exactly. Right? So who, so how, so what, when did you first learn about the manifestation process? Yeah, three years ago, like a guy from the UK, he just started, uh, he invited me for a tea, which I mm -hmm. thought was weird because I was never, never been invited for a tea. <laughs> it's a big thing in the UK. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was here in Zurich, you know, but oh, okay. anyway, yeah, so I went and had that cup of tea and he started like telling me about that everything that I'm thinking is subjective and it's not the truth. And I started thinking about his words, you know, everything that I'm thinking is subjective and it's not the truth. And I was like, damn, it's hard to argue with that because I, I think he's right, right? And I always thought like I know quite a lot and I was vocal about my opinions and I started realizing I know so little and everything kind of has been programmed into me. And that's when it started to take off. I became really interested in that topic and yeah, never stopped basically. Yeah. So would you say you're more passionate now with what you're doing in terms of, you know, working on athletes, motivation and peak performance as opposed to your actual, your actual athletic career? Yeah. No, no comparison. <laughs> like no, 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 no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Really? Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it's almost it feels like that the learning here is there's an unlimited amount of what we can learn whereas back in the days when you're not aware of it it's just kind of it kind of felt like that there's a ceiling to it and now i can see there's literally no limits to what we can do it's I, i've seen you know i'm i have my mentors as well that coach me and you know i pay them a lot of money too but i see who they coach and i see over the time what they you know, these people are creating with these methods. And I saw what I'm creating, like how my dreams literally in eight months, what has happened. I'm like, who, you know, if I can do that in eight months, I mean, I'm hopefully I have a lot more years here, but we, we, we can do so much once we start to realize how powerful we really are. And that is a really exciting thought because, you know, who, who, who knows what's going to happen? Hey, right. So what do you, so where do you see, your brand and your company being in the next, you know, five years. Yo, look, I wrote, I wrote something really nice. I read it to you what I wrote down. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is an exercise I do almost every day. So I'm so happy and grateful now that we're a thousand coaches strong in the tribe of athletes, which is my company and that we serve and work with the world's best football players, fighters, and tennis players. I could add more. I just put these. Every one of my coaches is a former pro athlete who's worked with me and is so and had so much success with the mental training that this is all he or she wanted to do after their career. We're getting millions of views on our YouTube channel and it's every athlete's dream to be coached by us. I'm traveling around the world to Champions League games and Grand Slam tournaments and UFC fight nights as a fan, mentor and friend of the world's most inspiring athletes. You know, I, I would love to work with the athletes that are going through what we do now. And when they're at the end of the career, if you take a basketball player, for example, right, he has all the connections. He knows the game. He knows the coaches, he knows the, the league. He has the contacts and is 
train in in mindset coaching you know how big of a difference you can make to like the the younger generation that need help man it's crazy that's what i love to create got you so so you're you're writing down basically your future what you want to have happen yeah <laughs> exactly and sometimes i say it in front of the mirror i look myself in the eye try try that like for everybody's listening or you guys try try to tell yourself i'm so happy and grateful and you bring it into the present tense and you say something that you would really excite you and you look yourself in the eye i usually do the right eye but you can try both <laughs> and you're going to see like this little you know like in tv when it goes ding when there's a fire there yeah <laughs> try try it out it's like you see that freaking lion there it's like wow and when you get emotionally involved that's you know like it's good when you get goosebumps and when you really feel excited about what you say and you see it in your eyes try right. it out gosh so, no, go ahead Dre. all right um so i like how you talked about the mindset and how things can turn like can change and especially how your your career would have changed so my question would be is um with the with the training that you're doing with most athletes do you think that it can prevent like burnout because i know that's very prevalent especially with people who are going into that from high school to college and then college to, uh being a pro hmm yeah, you know, I tell I tell you what, what I think is that when we do mental training and we become the goal is to become more aware of what's going on, right? And that means also to become more aware of what's going on with your own body, basically. And I, I can tell you, I have a friend who was he has this belief, this limiting belief, I'm not good enough, right? And we all have like some of them, you know, I'm not worthy, I need to be perfect, you know, whatever it is, it's different for people. But he after the Olympics, he couldn't take time off because he thought, I'm not good enough. I got to go right back to the pool. And his coach told him, like, you know, take at least a month off. We have four years to prepare the next Olympics. And, you know, he didn't do that. He went straight back into training. And then it was a Monday morning when he completely collapsed. He had to go to the hospital. And that was the end of his entire swim career. You know, not an injury oh, wow. coming from, like, an impact, but, like, just his body completely fucked. Okay. Wow. It's completely done so so yeah if we become more aware of what's going on we all, we start to realize well maybe it's good if i take sunday off and don't go for an extra practice because i am broken down and it's okay to relax and all that so i think yeah it, it, it can definitely help it's not something that i've seen very often happening to be honest but i think as we become more aware of our body as we yeah it's about awareness to see what it really is right and to then make the best choice on you know what's moving me forward what's serving me to not satisfy my ego but to get me to where i want to go basically mm, so do you think those athletes are they're refusing to take those rest days or the days off to satisfy their ego is that yeah I think so. It's like coming out of a limiting belief. Like I had that like a little bit. I have the, I'm not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. Or I need to be, you know, if you have that, I need to be perfect. You never get started because I mean, you have the feeling you have to be perfect, but you, you know that it's going to be difficult to get something right the first time. So you don't try because right. you need to be perfect. That's like holding people back, but it's the ego that's like protecting you in that sense. And if you have that, I'm not good enough. These are like the high achievers. They never rest, right? They're just more and more. And always, no matter if you're working 14 hours, <laughs> you still want to do more. Right, right. <laughs> you know? And then yeah. it, it gets to a point where it's not serving you anymore. And I think if you have more awareness, 
you know where to stop and and and, and yeah so gotcha because that moment where you're not even putting forth maximal effort in the work you're doing you're no longer it's no longer viable so knowing when you reach your threshold right yeah man right on yeah so Dave, so david what would you what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you could give to any athlete whether it be at the professional collegiate or even at the youth level the biggest piece of advice you can give them yeah invest in your mindset like mm -hmm. lear learn about it learn about the power of your mind and just know that there's a lot of skills that school didn't teach you and if you weren't lucky and didn't have somebody who kind of gave you all that knowledge you got to get it yourself it's it's kind of like if you're coming out of school you have no idea how to make money they don't teach you how to make money in school you have to acquire those skills and it's the same with the mind they you know they you gather knowledge in school if you're going to a school like like i did you gather knowledge you take a test and then you get a grade on that and you think you know something but you really don't and i think that's something so that, that would be my tip to invest and to go out and be curious and find out how the mind works and study it gotcha gotcha hey mr david uh man we really appreciate you being on the show and talking with us providing your insight uh, what we do after each show dave is we ask if you guys want to give any shout out so while you're here on us on on the show with us dave is there any shout outs that you want to give ha huh. Any shout outs? <laughs> not, not, not really. I want to shout out is to the people who are interested in the in, in the mindset. What I would say is, um, you know, we have we have a cool course on confidence. It's completely free. It's a series of videos yeah. that you can get on the tribe of athletes dot com. Yeah. And um, yeah, anybody who's curious, I would recommend, you know, check that out and see. I always say try it on for size. See yeah. if it fits you. And if it does, good. If it doesn't, you know, you didn't lose anything, but it, it has the potential to change your life. So that would right. be my shout out for right. the curious athletes out there. <laughs> so for those curious athletes, check out tribeofathletes.com. Yeah, that tribeofathletes.com. Tribeofathletes.com, yeah. yes. Uh, Dre, any shout outs that you want to give? Uh, oh, shout out to Brandon Rembert, um, one of my close friends and he's been on the show also before, you know, is launching some new stuff so you know go check it out uh brandon remember clothing uh be rimby shout him out um you know shout out to the fans you guys this would be possible without you guys and thank you mr david also for coming on here and taking the time to do that seriously we really do appreciate it oh for sure for sure you guys are good hosts thanks for having me it was fun <laughs> of course david of course uh shout out to the krsn1 radio show uh, shout out to the Lost Generation show and shout out to the Tatiana Jasmine YouTube channel. And like Dre said, shout out to the fans for always supporting us. And Dave, man, shout out to you. Thank you for taking your time to come talk with us today as well. Uh, guys, we'll be back again next week with a new episode. Uh, until next time, though, continue to stay safe, make smart decisions, and be vigilant. And until next time, guys, peace. <laughs>